The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. Since the word spirituality is such a buzzword in our millennial society, we should probably consider how this word relates to spirit oneness, as we are using the term anyway. Religiously, spirituality refers to everything from conformity to moral standards, gathering doctrinal knowledge, gathering doctrinal knowledge. That's all of you out there that have to study God before you believe God. Did you hear what I said? Study God before you'll believe Him. You want to arouse the interest of the anger of God? Do that. You see, everything has to happen by faith. Not by knowledge. If you think you have to go get a degree in religion, that's exactly what you're going to get, is a degree in religion. Christ said that if you are going to receive, it has to be done by faith, not by knowledge. So the enemy has put the emphasis on knowledge, gathering knowledge of the holy. Some put it in faithful participation in church activities. Like your testimony, Lorraine, a few minutes ago. You can go to church for 50 years and participate in all the potlucks you want. You can donate to have some pews put in front of you. Or a hymnal. You're still going to hell. Unless you have the indwelling life of Christ. Which is what the hymnal is supposed to be singing about. Which is what the pews are supposed to be for is letting people sit there to receive more training and equipping of truth like little Jack the charismatic manifestations a lot of churches are in, into that you know I speak in tongues I do miracles you know everyone's hunting for an emotional experience if I get emotional about the Lord it's because of the emotions of the Lord that's being manifested in me that's a huge difference well there's an actual movement of each of these items. Or maybe universalism. As I had a, another discussion with a, a leader who is stepping into universalism, who used to have a solid background of true doctrines of God. In fact, you go ask your average Christian and ask them what Christlam means. They don't know. They don't know what Malcolm X's mission was. They don't know what Muhammad Ali's mission was. They don't know that these strong, strong, heroic figures today are influencing this universal... We all serve one God. It doesn't matter if you go through Jesus or Buddha or a man. 
Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. It matters a lot. We live in a spiritual world, a world filled with spirits, that denies the power of the one and only true spirit, capital S, of the life of Christ. Grieves me to the point that, as you guys already know, many times I, I weep over this statement. And sometimes I can't get refocused for quite a while. Because I grieve over people who think they're saved. And they're not. If they cannot bear witness to the indwelling life of Christ, they are not saved. They cannot. As I spoke to my doctor this week, and he was very interested in in our ministry, and he says, if you could punch it down to one line, what are you about? I said, it's really simple. I said, are you a Christian? And he said, yes. I said, that means you're Mormon? Oh, no. Are you Christlam? No. I just went down a few. I said, they all claim to be Christians. I said, the bottom line is, we need to separate the terms of Christian versus indwelt Christian. Because there were 120 main religions that use the term Christian, and then over here there's this tiny group that are using the term indwelt. Which are you? Well, I, I'm indwelt by, by Jesus. I said, see how simple it is? But if you walk around telling people you're a Christian, it could mean anything from Chrislam to uh, Buddha that you've integrated your Christian faith into it. It could mean a thousand things. That's the bottom line for the ministry that God has given me. Which are you? It is a huge problem in our society today. And if we don't wake up and do something about it, uh, we're going to have to pay the cost. As a society, as a church, and obviously individuals are going to have to pay the cost. We are on number 121 in our Identity for Eternity series. We obviously have been going through True Grace, and under True Grace, we've been doing this little epic uh, mini-series, talking about the true epicness of Jesus Christ. And uh, for obvious reasons, I'm making use of the word so we can be tagged and brought up on the internet whenever people put in the word epic. And it's working quite well. It's fun to see the Lord use this. So we are going to continue our talk about resting in Christ and what that really means. But I have a question for you. Ian, is it really possible for a human being to ever rest if they do not have the life of Christ in them? Everyone can get physical rest for a while. Some people can get psychological rest. Can they get spiritual rest? Exactly. If you do not have the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, rest does not exist for you. 
Well, since you have no discernment inside you, you have to go to yoga. You have to go to self-help books. You have to go to deep breathing when someone is messing with you. You have to go to self-effort activity to maintain control of losing control. Because you don't have the life of Christ in you. And those of you who know you don't have the life of Christ in you, I say fake it until you make it. Go on. That's all you got. Because I don't want you beating up on me. I'd rather have you faking it that you love me. <laughs> so you go fake it until you make it. But see, I'm speaking to the end to all believers is that there is another option for you. Let's talk about it. In our culture today, enthusiasm of the spiritual is everywhere around us. It's everywhere. And it can mean so many different things, particular to our millennial people. Some people get into the superstitions of Christianity. Well, if I don't pray in the name of Jesus Christ, there's one. Or praying the blood of Jesus over your prayers. There's so many superstitions in Christianity that it's turning people away from the church. They're like mantras. We've integrated Hinduism into this Western thought of Christianity and we have our chance too. Okay, Jesus is in control. Okay. Okay, Jesus, you're in control. Jesus, 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 Jesus. How's that different than Hinduism? How's that different than the Muslims, you know, facing the East and they're on their knees and they're, they're groaning all in the same way? How's this different? It's not. That's not real Christianity. Some get into environmentalism. The worship of nature. God's in trees and flowers and my wheat. When I drink my droplets of herbs... They begin to transform my... But the world's going after it. When I read a couple weeks ago that this organic uh, environmental spirituality is now at 36% in the church... 36%, listen to me listeners, 36% of the people sitting in pews in churches today are into the spirituality of environmentalism. That includes health food, organic foods, organic cotton shirts, and the list goes on and on and on. There's people listening right now that go, whoops, but you're not going to do a thing about it because it feels too good. For you to eat what is in front of you, whether it's from a defiled beast or whether it is from an organic spoiled cow, makes no difference to God. That was the argument Paul was in constantly, was it not? And basically God told Paul to tell the people just to eat. Just eat. I need for you to have energy to get up tomorrow morning so I can preach my word through you. Just eat. 
Now we play this God of what we're going to eat and drink because it's putting sin and defilement into our bodies. And really, the world's going to hell. And so are your carrots. You're going to eat your carrots and poop them out tomorrow. I'm sorry, but that's that's basically the, the, the that's it. Now, if I have a choice between an organic carrot and some carrot that was grown in a, 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 a field that had sin in it, well, well, that, that too, but, well, if the label says that this is an organic carrot and this is not, I'm going to pick the organic carrot as a believer. I will. If there's a drink over here of juice and it's pure organic fruit, there's a drink next to it of juice that's non-organic juice. And then there's a Coke over here. I'm going to go for the organic. Well, once in a while I will. <laughs> I'll go for the organic juice one. <laughs> but then should I avoid and be legalistic about the Coke? No. But see, those are the rules. Before I showed up tonight, I went on the internet and I searched out the most popular site for anorexics. I just wanted to find out what they're saying. So I opened up the website and there were seven rules that if you want to be an, an authentic anorexia, I didn't realize it was a movement, but it is. They promote it. They promote each other. <coughs> Number one of the seven rules was rules, 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 and more rules is the key. I went, wow, that is a confession. Remember our opening video? And the guy saying 613 laws? You see, that's what Satan needs with the environmentalist. To kill them. Destroy them. You see, people who eat healthy destroy their bodies. So am I. We're going for ice cream after this. <laughs> But that's always been a, a, a funny mystery to me as my, my medical doctor friend in, in Phoenix has said, I won't operate on, on a, a, a vegetarian or a vegan. That was always a, a curious thing to me because their organs are too weak. I am dealing with a life and death case right now, which is why I was doing a lot of research again today for this person I am, I am trying to help get through. I mean, they're bordering on the death process of anorexia and tried all the medical normal treatment centers and whatever, and they reached out to me because of the truth that they heard. And to understand how they think is, number one, to understand how the enemy thinks is the same way. Do you understand that? You see, what is true victorious Christian living is the mind of Christ and your mind becoming one. And that's where victory is birthed. Well, how is that any different than the enemy? 
It's not. The enemy is into rules, 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 and more rules as the number one rule. You think that Satan is trying to avoid the rules of God? Are you kidding me? He uses the rules of God to bind the people from being set free. And this is number one on the list. But there's many cultish People tend to think cultish is following some leader. And they don't even realize that they are involved in cultish movements when they have to get up and exercise every day and they don't feel good unless they do. They have to get up every morning and juice and if they don't juice, they just don't feel right. Those things aren't wrong in and of themselves. It is saying that is where I'm going to find rest, is in doing those things. Paul wrote, he who is spiritual appraises all things. And in this context, a spiritual person is contrasted to the natural man in the, in the uh, previous verse, which is 2.14, who cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. You see, when I'm dealing with an unbeliever, and how important is knowing someone's indwelt or not indwelt for me? Pretty darn important. Pretty darn important. It's like breathing to me. Because anything I say to them, anything I ask of them, anything of how I try to motivate them, if they say they're Christian because they're following Jesus' principles, they're going to hell still. They're not going to understand the spiritual things that I'm speaking of. But see, if they're in wealth and I speak the things in the mind of Christ, they're going to be like, yes, yes, yes. There will be the God of yes, as Paul said. Going over and over and over and over in their minds as the preacher's preaching. But see, natural men look and listen to that stuff and they go, Really? They have to analyze, they have to study, they have to work it through. In reality, they can't accept it by faith because the faith of Christ is not in them. They're appraised. Appraised means, in the Greek, they have been contracted to hell. They're of the enemy. Well, there has to be some kind of salvation for this person to get out of that mess. And to that at 602-292-29982, to that I say, duh. If you're on a train that is on a, on a decline to this pit, this, this pit of hell that you see in front of you, that is flames coming out of this dark cave, and you're on this train, only idiots are going to stay on the train and say, well, I'm going to go to hell happy. as I have heard. No, I'm going to want to get off the train. I'm going to want to be saved. I'm going to want to have someone grab a hold of me and take me off of that train and put me on a train that is going to heaven. So why do 90% of every person that's ever been born stays on that train and follows that leader? Nero, Hitler, whoever. It's a strange thing, isn't it? 
we love our sin and we love our leaders of sin. And we'll go anywhere with them. If you don't believe me, look at the world's history. The natural man is unregenerated. They do not have the generation of Christ. The spiritual person is the one who has received the Spirit of Christ and has been generated. It's like the Holy Spirit goes over and plugs your spiritual part of your life and and you get empowered. You're dead until that happens. But that's what happens. That's generation. It's like turning the generator on. Now you can see light, hear light, see truth, hear truth. No, it's Jesus. No, it's not Jesus. You have discernment that is as wide as eternity. But until that happens, the only thing you can analyze is the juice from your own self-manifestations. Exercise, foods, all this compulsive stuff that is in your life. That's why the number one problem with anorexics is... Probably not, because most of them stand in front of the mirror, and what we see is twigs. Control. Usually there's a crisis in their childhood. They need some area that they've got to get control of. Food is the absolute easiest thing to control in the entire world, which you put in here. It's the easiest. Also the most compulsive. Someone read for us. You can look right up on the screen if you want or open your Bibles, but I would like to have you stand as someone reads this passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Podcast listeners, if you look there on your computer or on your smartphone, you'll see a little red box with a cross in it. And if you click on that, it'll open this passage up for you. Who would like to read this passage for us? But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now many of you know that this is my ministry passage that the Lord gave me many, many years ago. He kind of put me in a position, not kind of, he did put me in a position where I had to make a decision whether I wanted to be a part of a ministry that was uh, put together by the standards of man, which typically would require for me to get three or four degrees, 
because some of the aspirations that were stuck in this pea brain of mine were worldwide. I wanted to speak to leaders around the world, both political and spiritual. Well, no one's going to listen to you unless you have a bunch of fancy degrees. So I went the route of the, of the degree thing. A couple uh, gentlemen in my life that uh, have been mentors throughout my entire life made it possible financially for me to spend uh, some time at Oxford Graduate School and a couple of other institutes in regard to being exposed to uh, an area of matriculation that I wanted to master in, and that is international leadership. And that's when my life started going global and pride began to enter in in ways that I can't even define to you. But this whole educational thing produced this whole world of lies, cheating, stealing, and and trying to consume by self-effort ministry. Anytime you try to tread upon a ministry that God is doing in another human, whether they're a janitor or whether they're a president of a country, if God is moving in that person's life and you're moving in without the Spirit of God moving in first, you're stealing. 602. You are stealing from that person's ministry because it's the ministry of the Lord. So I had to go through this horrible process of coming to understand this scripture I'm, I'm sharing with you today. Now listen very carefully to this scripture. Rarely do we listen to scripture when it's read to us. Because we're processing. But listen carefully to this passage. There is a difference that's being revealed to us here. The scriptures before this passage, Paul says this. For I don't come to you with persuasive words of wisdom of men. But I come to you in weakness and trembling. Can you imagine Paul standing up here and he's trembling? This is Paul we're talking about, the most educated man in the entire world at the time. And I stand before you fearful and trembling. And then he doesn't come with persuasive words when he was the greatest orator of the entire world at the time. God dumbed him down to the basics of wanting to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is in this passage. That's a huge decision for a Christian, indwelt Christian leader to accept. Do I give God permission to dumb me down? Well, I did. I had a mentor encouraging me, but I had no clue what he was encouraging me to do. But I went, well, I love my mentor and I trust my mentor, so I'm going to pray that prayer. Lord, dumb me down. Make me all but Christ. Boy, was that a mistake. For someone who enjoyed stealing and cheating and deceiving their way through ministry. Boy, was that a mistake. 
because God did and God will continue to remove Steve Finney and his focus and put the emphasis on Jesus Christ and his ministry inside Steve Finney. And as people call you doctor or this or that or whatever, just remember that the true authentic meaning of doctrine is one who wants to honor and master the doctrines of God because that's the original meaning of doctors. Huge different, folks. For to us, that's you and I into our believers, I am not trying to offend anyone who is listening right now who does not have the life of Christ inside you. You can listen to this message if you want, but you'll get nothing out of it. You'll forget it before you go to bed. The odds are. But if you're close to salvation, it's going to bother you. To that I say hallelujah. But what I'm about to read will have no effect on you. Because you're not the us he is talking about here. These are the true indwelt believers. For to us, God revealed them. And the them in the Greek there is should be, if you look at your Bibles, should be italicized. What that means is you can put any person you want in the them. The them basically means it's whoever is standing in front of you. Counselee, disciple, leader, whoever. So here it is. For to us, God revealed the person standing in front of you through the Spirit. People oftentimes ask me, where do you get this stuff? Because I don't use notes. I do pray over everything before the sermon. You know, obviously do some planning. And then I say, Lord, just the tools are available. So I'm waiting to hear what you got to say because I want to learn too. For God does the revealing of whoever's in front of you. That's the first key. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now, preachers are very interested in what's coming next. Because it is one of the most exciting passages for preachers. As I'm preaching right now, God is searching the people who are listening. Not just in this room. Worldwide. He's searching. And he takes that knowledge and puts it over inside the mind of the teacher. And all of a sudden they start giving illustrations of someone that's really suffering with that. One time I was on TBN. I've been on their show 12 times. One time I was on there, and I just, I'll be very honest with you, I would go on their show, not just because they enjoyed having me come on, but I would go on their show for promotional reasons of my ministry. Well, I'm at, you know, in the green room, you know, and they serve you whatever it is you want, you know, and I'm waiting to go on, and then I go out and I sit in the chair, and, you know, the guests and his wife come out, they sit down, and, you know, we start the show, and 
I know what I'm going to say, and blah, blah, blah. Then it came time to that time I hated. And what they would do is they'd put the cameras on us, and they'd start praying for people around the world. And the host would get these words of knowledge. There is a person who has cancer in Ethiopia. And you were, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I just gotta, I just gotta get through this. So, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there going, I'll, I'll get through this part of the show. He cuts the cards in half and he hands them to me and says, and he says, let's just go back and forth on to prayer time. I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I take the cards and I'm like, oh, you've got to be getting, you know, cameras come in on you. This is, you know, fake it till you make it, I guess. So I take the cards. I'm looking at the cards. There's still a station break. And I'm going, oh, Lord, no, I don't want to do that. Cameras come on. I'm like panicking. My heart is racing. He opens up in prayer. He does one of his prayers and he looks over at me and I'm totally stalled out. So he's sitting there like. <laughs> We're on. You know? So I'm, you know, I pray this one prayer and it's fake it to you, make it type. Okay. Back to him. Back to me. Fake it to you, make it. Okay. Back to him. Comes back to me. And I'm looking at this card. And I totally come to rest in my soul. And I saw something in my mind. And I started praying for this lady who was in her kitchen, who fell to her knees in agony and pain. And I started praying for this ulcer that was turning cancerous. And this was rolling out of my mind, camera in my face. I am completely detached from the environment of this studio set. And I am believing in Christ's name for a healing for this woman. And then when I was done with my prayer, I looked over at the host and he was smiling ear to ear because he knew exactly what happened to me. The very area I judged these people in happened to me. I was walking off the stage after the show was over and the caller people, one of them, came out into the studio and said, you are not going to believe this. And I went, yes, I will. She called, didn't she? And she did. The pain went away. She got up off of the floor and she believed in Christ Jesus that she was healed. And I do believe to this day she was. So you see, we have the tendency to make our own Christianity that makes us comfortable with what we believe. And when God puts us in a position of saying, for I reveal the them to you through the Spirit. Now, she has the Holy Spirit living in her. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit searching her body and mind and 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 uh, spirit. And so why wouldn't the Holy Spirit reveal to you what's going on? Why wouldn't he when you're praying for someone? Well, now I believe that is a regular thing. 
So if I'm counseling and preaching and singing or whatever, I believe that there's actually a mind of Christ that would love to talk to me. That would love to preach through me, love to sing through me, love to whatever. Put the labels on it you want, but all God wants to do is talk to you and through you. He goes on and says, For who among men knows the thoughts of the man except for the spirit of the man that is inside of him? I can't look at Missy and go, oh, I can read your mind. No, it's an acknowledgement that I cannot. But if the Holy Spirit read her mind, ah, now that's a different story. And that's where Paul's going with this. For who among knows the thoughts of the man except for the spirit of the man that lives in him? Who knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God that lives within him? Well, he doesn't stop there. Now we have received, which means possessed. Ownership is what possession means. Okay? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, which is Satan. Sorry, it's 602-292-2982. That's the fact. Spirit of the world is Satan. The spirit of the living God is God. This is not really rocket science here. So... Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Now see, the Lord is saying, Stephen, which, which do you want? Do you want to like learn and get a bunch of degrees and figuring out my knowledge? Or would you rather have my knowledge given to you within three seconds? Which do you want? Well, I would rather have three doctorates in biblical theology. Okay. And he waits 15 years. Then God's got the battle of him depending on what he learned versus who he learned. Our world's upside down. So he's not done. So he says... So that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, which in modern translations is institutions, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So I have a choice. I, I got it on this day. This was many years ago. But I got it when he said, it's your choice, Stephen. You can strive endlessly to get knowledge about me. Gather your doctrines and knowledge of doctrines. Or I can give it to you immediately. What Which do you want? I got it. I got that. I got the fact that he wants to freely give that kind of knowledge to our brains. Why? Because of the last verse, the last passage in there, 
is, for we have the mind of Christ. How is all of this possible? We have the mind of Christ. Isn't your brain, Stephen? You're not bright. You're not smart. Because <laughs> I'm not. I hang out with some very smart people. And they're stupid. They just can't get it. Because that knowledge just gets, gets so dominant. Whereas simple-minded people get it quicker. That's a song that we sang, God uses the weak to lead the strong. That's duh. So, that is actually how it's done. He's given us actually a formula of spirit-led thinking and preaching. I'm sorry you natural Christian followers are not going to get this. I really am. That grieves me. And those of you who are indwelt and have heard this for the first time, no matter what country you're in, you are tasting of the absolute most powerful way of living in all of eternity. When you let God do your thinking, you let God do your processing, you let God do the revelations, and as you're counseling someone, ministering to someone, preaching to someone, you are speaking to people that God's saying to someone. Sitting over there in a little church in South India, you're listening right now, you're sitting there with, with your legs crossed, you're hearing this message, and God is saying, I'm speaking this to you. And I've never met you, probably never will, until we get into eternity together. That's what he's talking about. Paul's revelations are still affecting you guys. Do you not see this? It's never ending. A true spiritual leader can die and the message that God put in them will continue to go through the generations. That's what I'm doing with Dr. Solomon as his son to help secure that and provide tools. It's just going to keep on going. In fact, it goes faster when they're dead. Isn't that interesting? Whether you're a painter, a preacher, a scholar, a historian, things aren't really going to happen until you're dead. And then it'll really happen, unless God says it has to die with you. As they say, Hitler is far more powerful today than he was yesterday. This principle works on both sides. So he finishes with this, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him. Foolishness comes from Hebrew, which means, ha, 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 I fooled you. Now, I know there's a lot of online listeners who don't know this. Our local people do. But I want to bring it forward because we just went through it. April Fools is when? Okay. The pagans put together a holiday called April Fool's Day. Why did they do that? 
It was initially initiated to cover up the day that Jesus resurrected. And guess which one got popular? The Catholic Church moved it so it wasn't an issue. You with me? So April Fools, you're going around playing these pranks on people, and it was initially used by pagans to try to get your mind away from this is Resurrection Day. Bummer. That's a fool. That's fools. I'm fooling you. I'm leading you away from the truth. Your mind can't accept these things, so just accept some heroic things I'm going to put in front of you. Some holidays, some whatever. That's how the enemy works. So a natural man just simply cannot accept these things. They're foolishness to them. He cannot understand them. No matter how hard you try to figure out this message today, just give up because you're not going to get it. You may get knowledge, but you're not going to get this. The Spirit has to reveal it to you, obviously. But he who is spiritually spiritual appraises all things. I am. I have been given the life of Christ. You've been given the life of Christ. You have the ability to appraise all things. You can look at something and say, Christ is not in that person. I, can, I just know. Well, how do you know that? Spirit of God revealed it to me. <laughs> really? Well, how do you do that? He, he spoke to me. <laughs> really? You see, they don't get it. They'll constantly challenge where true power comes from. They will. And that's why Paul said, for I don't come to you with persuasive words of wisdom anymore, but in spirit and power. See, people can't analyze power. They can't even analyze truth because Jesus said, that's one of my names. For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life can't be analyzed, can't be appraised by man. This is a powerful statement Paul's making here. That you've been given the ability to appraise. Why? Because of the Spirit doing the revealing. Then he finishes with, yet he himself is appraised by no one. You can't judge me, you can't appraise me, you can't evaluate me, you can try. You can judge my clothing, the way I talk, the way I preach, the way I write. You, you could do all that you want. It's just free media promotion for me. The thing that's making Donald Trump win is negative publicity. He knows it. And the more outlandish he is about the stuff that he says, the more votes he gets. Because it's a principle that works. But when it comes to judgment, I have to live like that as a believer and say, your opinions have no effect on me. None. God's the only one that judges me. God's the only one that appraises me. God's the only one that can read my mind. That's a wonderful spot to be in. Yeah. And then finally says, for who has known the mind of the Lord? That he will instruct him. You see, I only know pieces of the mind of the Lord because he only reveals pieces to me of his mind. Does Jesus know 
when he's going to come back and get us? Does he know the hour? No. No. Is God withholding information from his own son who we worship? Yes. Yes. So does Jesus Christ know the full mind of God? No. Just no. no, he doesn't. It's okay to say that. But does Christ have the mind of God inside of him? Yes. You see, it is so easy if we break it down the way God breaks it down. But then he doesn't quit there. But we, the bride of Christ, the us, have the what? The mind of Christ. 602. 292. 2982. I would love to chat with you about that unbelievable mystery that Paul called it and the verses right above our passage. So, can you and I, as indwell believers, appraise all things? Well, let's talk about it. What is the biblical understanding of spiritual? In 1 Corinthians 2.15, Paul wrote, He who is spiritual appraises all things. Never go emergent. Never go universal. Question not all authority. Question everything. You just, you just listen carefully and go, Okay, Lord. Is this you? That's all you got to ask. Is this person of you? I think he might answer you. He's not agitating God. He's not like some of you fathers who are constantly aggravating your children to anger. Because you won't answer them. You won't answer their questions. He will answer you. If you ask. So in the context of spiritual, <clears throat> a spiritual person is contrasted in, up against the natural man. In, in the previous verse of 2.14, who cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God, so why in the world should you and I expect him to? Why are you believers expecting your spouse, who is dead as a doorknob, going to hell, can't go past go or collect their 200 bucks? They're going to hell. You kind of already know that. But you have all these expectations for them to be Christ-like. Oh, you want them to act like Christ so that you're more comfortable and not rejected as much by them? Is that the real answer? Yes, probably so. The natural man is the unregenerate person. The spiritual person is the one who is generated, who is truly connected to the life and mind of Jesus Christ. It says, Paul said, that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Spiritual man, I want to show you something. This is a person who is unsaved. You have Satan out here hanging out in his little domain. This is his big deal. He tries to control the person in two ways. Through the five senses. If the person is saved, they have the old nature. Mastering them. The old nature is the mirrored image of Satan. The new nature is the mirrored image of Christ. So when Satan looks at an unsaved person, he gets to see himself. But he doesn't want them to know that. 
or they'll freak out, think it's some horror movie. So a deception has to be formed to think everything that he does is externally when in reality an unsaved person, that is not true. Our behavior comes from the leader we reflect. So the old nature is the mirrored image of Satan. Sin has full control over our conscious and subconscious mind. It dumps into the body as behavior. Meanwhile, the whole God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit thing is external. It's on the outside of this person. If you stand close enough to someone who is indwelt, you're going to experience the power of their life. It's like standing next to a, a light bulb. If you get close enough, you're going to feel the heat. If you stand far away from it, you'll experience some of the light of it. And secondhand Christianity is the most deceptive thing that's happening in our world today. If you just hang out, stay close enough to a Christian, you're going to feel that light, you're going to feel that warmth. In reality, you're going to hell in a handbasket because of this deception. So you list those five senses out, and that is basically where you see the five major sciences that have been formed in the world today. So the emphasis becomes more on how Satan is getting in through these five senses, what you smell, taste, see, whatever, to arouse this sin that is in you, that is, if you're unsaved, it is you. You are your sin. And then the two kind of come together in the conscious part of the brain and sin is birthed. And so there has to be this going from unregenerate to generate. So we'll take a look at that. Paul explained, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. A spiritual person is one who has experienced the exchange life with the Spirit of Christ in spiritual regeneration. It's an exchange. Old nature, you got to go. Where'd the old nature go? Had to be crucified with Christ. So new nature, new spirit was put in its place, and that is the Holy Spirit. That's the exchange life. Pretty simple stuff. Such a spiritual condition of spiritual oneness is not an end in itself, but it is the character of the very life of Christ inside the believer. When Paul goes on to say, I could not speak to you to those or those acting as spiritual men, but as the men of flesh, as to uh, babes in Christ. If you are a baby in Christ, you have to have milk. If you are mature in Christ, you have to have meat. So why wouldn't the enemy put a major catastrophic deception on food? There's two major doctrines that are in the Bible that says that are demonic doctrines. What are they? It's the two issues in the world today. Google it tonight. Food and marriage. It's the only two Paul mentioned. There's many doctrines of demons, but those are the two he stated. For there are those of you who have embraced the doctrines of demons, those of you who believe, abstaining from foods. Well, how many diet issues does that cover? 
to know that anorexia is a fashion. You see, to get this marriage thing to be in every politician's mind and every church and on and on and on, he knows exactly what he's doing. But see, I know that 90% of you are not going to listen to me. You'll have to learn the hard way that they're going to dissolve the institution of marriage within 10 years. It's coming. So is euthanasia. Killing your, your grandma and your grandpa. Because they're worthless in society. Where did that come from? Nazism. You think that that superhero is not still alive? Then you do not understand how history works. It's called continuous history. We get sucked into these deceptions that Satan traps the people because they, they have been spiritually appraised. You're not indwelt. Tough thing for a lot of people to accept. Here's the way it's supposed to be for us indwelt Christians. We have Christ, who is and is to come. He breathes through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us, renews our mind according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It pours into our will and we choose to believe it as truth, as Him. It dumps into the emotions, we get excited about it. It dumps into the body as behavior and comes out in, and literally becomes an example to people all over the world. Christ in you. You are looking at a principle, not just a diagram, you're looking at a principle that Satan hates. And he doesn't want indwelt believers to get. He wants the indwelt believers to remain as babies in Christ. Where they hear these things and go, What did he just say? And then they run back to their glass of milk. If you don't move a child from milk to solid food in its proper time, that Christian will go emergent. I gotta have the milk. Well, Jim, you're 40 years old in the Lord. I know, but I like my milk and cookies. It's time for a wake up call, body of Christ. This is meat. This is the passage I just walked you through. How is it possible for you to hear the mind of Christ about something you're struggling with? Right there. It's not, well, Finney's very insightful. Finley, no, I'm dumb. I am dumb without leaning upon this. But if the Spirit says, Ask Shannon about this. Okay. And it starts this wonderful discussion. That's the Lord. It's not us. The dumber we are, the smarter we get. Do you understand that? Wake up every day and say, Lord, dumb me down. And he will show the incredible acute sharp thinking of his own mind. And when I, and I, I can actually define for you how that, what I see in my mind, what I feel. 
when it happens. There's no sweeter place for me to be than openly hearing the mind of Christ. There's no sweeter place. I almost feel like I can toss a mustard seed out there and move a mountain. Wait a minute, he did say we could do that. Think about that. He's saying, this is so simple, Stephen, that, you know that little mustard seed thing? You see how small that thing is? Do you know you can have faith like that and actually move Pike's Peak? Not that he will ask us to move Pike's Peak. He's just saying, this is how simple this is. And Stephen, you don't need a lot for the release of the Spirit in you. You don't need a lot. But if you want to go on believing that, just study, 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 always learning, but never able to come to the full knowledge of God, just go on. Die a dumb fool. When you had the power in you to live the opposite of a fool, being fooled by the enemy. I don't want to be fooled by the enemy. And I know I'm going to be the rest of my life from time to time. But I don't want to be. Huge difference. Here's our identity statement for today. Such a spiritual condition of the exchange life is on the spiritual exchange that must be, that must transpire in the individual spirit portion of their triune. What's triune of man again? Someone, body, soul, spirit, 1,523. Through the removing of the old nature and receiving the new nature, which is the Spirit of Christ. We did not receive the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. To the Romans, Paul explained to them, we have not received the Spirit of slavery, but the Spirit of adoption as sons. New position. Now we get new condition. New way of living. John explained that there is a radical difference between the Spirit of error, which is old self, and the spirit of truth, which is Christ. Huge difference, he's saying, folks. If you don't know where you're at, you'll be fooled the rest of your life. But into all Christians are those who have received into their spirit area the spirit of Christ, Romans 8 9, where the spiritual exchange has taken place. Powerful truths that will literally transform someone's life if the Holy Spirit is tapping on your shoulder. Some of you out there that are listening, whether you're driving down a freeway listening to this podcast, or you're one of our little churches out there in India who are listening to this podcast, know this, that if the Holy Spirit is touching your shoulder and asking you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the life of Christ into your life. You need to get down on your knees, preferably, and you need to pray some kind of prayer. Prayer is a communication link to the living God. And if the Spirit has got His hand upon you, God will hear your prayer of repentance. This sample prayer that's in our PDF is just a sample. If you just read over it, And say, God, give me words like this to pray to you. He will put his words in you even to repent and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God. He is the Son of God. And he has a Holy Spirit that he wants to put inside of you. 
and just say, come, Lord Jesus, and live inside me. That's, of course, after you repent for being God of your own life. And he will do exactly that. That is salvation. The great exchange. He'll grab a hold of your old nature by the back of the neck, and he'll pull that out of your spiritual part of your life, and he will crucify it, and then he will put his Holy Spirit in its place. Then you too can call him a friend. But if you're running around as emergent Christ followers saying that I am a friend of God, you're being fooled. Because God has no friends who is, who is his enemy. And it says in James 4.4, 4, He who is friends with the world is an enemy of God. God doesn't take his enemy to heaven. He takes his friends. And the way you become a friend is to receive the life of Jesus Christ. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.